What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of Funny Ball, the podcast. I am here with the one and only TJ Hudson. There's two of me. I'm here with the the good TJ Hudson, not the uh, bad twin. Uh, and I mean, is that like a twin thing where there's two TJs, or is it like a, a good TJ and then a bad TJ? If I'm being honest, it's a Gemini thing. So I'm oh, a Gemini. Oh my gosh, I've never been uh, horoscoped yet on the podcast. Oh, I don't even know any of the other fucking. Uh, can I cuss? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't even know any of the other fucking astrology signs, because if uh, the way I understand it, Gemini's uh, that's a Gemini trait. Obviously, I don't give a fuck about that's Gemini's are. Uh, Self-absorbed, quote-unquote, which... That sounds something like what a Gemini would fucking say. Exactly. Okay, so a little context. We're, like, doing this podcast on Main Street next to, like, the the 9-11. It's either the 9-11 or the World War II Memorial. I'm not sure. Either way, there's tarps over it. It's got to be homeless World people War staying behind it. They're being loud. There's it's, cops what is all it? around us. What is it, midnight-ish? It's midnight. This we're is, sitting in, like, Central Park. Dude, uh, this Chico. is stabbing time. I have all my camera equipment with me. Like my girlfriend just told me this was like a terrible idea, and you're right. It's stabbing time. We're, we're sitting in it's like clobbering time. Uh, but we're the <laughs> fantastic two, and we're here. You just closed out Bella's. Tell me about your experience. I don't know why you had to bring that up. I thought we were going to talk about other things. We want to hear about my set. No, I don't want to hear about your set. Just like, what did you think about the room and like everything else? Uh, I love Bella's. Bella's is Bella's is cool. Um, it. it uh, well, shit, they don't know. They don't. Nobody, nobody that's listening was there, so I crushed. I got a standing O. What I'll tell them about it. So it was the worst show so far, probably, but we had so many new open micers going on, and some of them are, like, people that I wouldn't even consider comedians. Like, there was two that – or not, not even two. One that I was like, this guy's like, fucking just not good. And, I mean, there was other people that were bad, too, but that hurts the show. I'm really glad this guy's playing music really loud behind us, but – Oh, yeah, if it's – yeah, we're going to pause right now to thank our sponsors. Uh, I hope he gets a DUI. I'm going to call the cops on him. Uh, but the, the show as a whole tonight, it was the worst one, and it was just we had a lot of low energy, and it just it just wasn't a good show. I mean, it happens. It, it does happen. In my opinion, if I may, um, I agree, like, while I was sitting inside being selfish, I was trying to write my set the whole time. I was on, like, two sure. hours of sleep. But that being said, uh, and we discussed maybe, like, let's make it a showcase show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're running an open mic show, yeah, it's hard to you can. Ne- we were all open micers at some point. Sure, you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, 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 and well, we still are open micers. Both you and I are both open micers. Oh no, I didn't tell you that Netflix called. No, I, I thought that if you would forward the call to me, <laughs> I, uh, I I ignored their offer. They lowballed me, but fuckers. I'm just saying, like we are sure we're all open micers. But I mean, you remember what it was like starting? Sure. Um. And it's rough. I mean, I I don't because I fucking crush. I I hit the ground running. But I've seen a lot of other brand new open micers, and it it, it takes a while. But mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't help, and not to like belittle them, but it doesn't help everybody else that's trying to follow. Like you know, you you walk the room or you kill the energy. Um, yeah. and also that being said, in my experience, I can't speak for anybody else. My experience, sometimes, sometimes you have a bad set. Not well. You, sure, I know what you mean. Sometimes you have a bad set, and sometimes I'm not blaming, but sometimes it's the room. It's just not the room for you. I've mm. done a set, and I'll and I'll crush, or I'll I'll do okay. I'll crush, mm. you know. But I'll do that same set verbatim. Let's say a week later at a different room, verbatim. But it's just crickets. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, uh, not every night's going to be your night or not every room is for you. Absolutely not. And tonight, like, usually at Bella's, going later is a better spot because more people pile in. The people get a little drunker. but tonight, And, you know, they're having a good time the whole time. But tonight, it just, it was just low energy from the start until you know pretty much the end um and even my set i was really trying to uh, I, I was trying not to try i was trying to do new jokes but i was also trying to do well and even the jokes that i would try to tell you know when you tell a joke you're like this is a good fucking joke and then it gets no response and you're like oh no like it just lowers your own like enthusiasm for it yeah but it also loses their enthusiasm for it too because they're like yeah homeboy really tried on that shit and or nobody's paying attention I, I hate when nobody's uh, paying attention. But also, I've had shows where nobody's... It's all backs turned, ordering mm-hmm. drinks at the bar. Talk, you're just talking to yourself, but you, you're getting paid. You have to do your time. Sure. But that that's when I'll just start saying crazy shit. Not even jokes I've prepared. I'll just say crazy shit to see if anybody's listening. Uh, but, um, you know, try new shit. Uh, that's what it's for, you know? Get out there and... Uh, but. When, like you just said, to, to uh, reiterate what you said, when you tell a good joke that you believe in and you know it's funny and you don't get much response, one of my favorite things to do um, as a narcissist is to I'll, I'll tell it again. You know, I've, I, I will tell people if they don't laugh. I'm like, that was a good joke. I don't think you guys get it. <laughs> I've threatened a room before. I told a joke that I thought was good. They didn't laugh. And I said, I'm going to tell this joke again. I did. They didn't laugh, and I said, "I will." I have 15 minutes, guys. I will tell this joke over and over again until you at least force laughter or pretend. Sure, it's very funny. And in, in actually, in retrospect, I don't know if because they started laughing because I thought that was funny, but now I'm thinking maybe they just forced the laughter so I'd move on. Yeah, it, it, that could be the case too. So t- you were not very happy about yourself tonight. And I think you did better than you think you did. But uh, in terms of bad sets, like, what's the worst set you've ever had? Like, the most memorably bad set. Do you know this story? I'm happy to put it on the button. Do you know this story? I've, I've, I'm familiar with it. I was okay. kind of hoping to coax it out of you. No. Uh, I'm, uh, We're man. talking about the Gincident? Yep. See? The Gincident. So, it was at the Blue Room here in Chico. It's a upstairs theater. It was. Um. It, yeah, it was formerly known. I miss it, man. The blue. Room well, was it's awesome. open again as First Street Theater. Oh, I didn't know that. It well, let's go talk to. Him. Let's get another show. Let's talk to Steve. Get a, a get well, a. Well, Steve a, a can't fest. help. Steve can't help us there. Steve's not involved. Yeah. Well, so I mean, an outside investor has purchased it. They're doing gotcha. their own shit. Festivus was the best. Sure. So they're the, they're the best of the rest of us. This is when I was about. I, I'm ballparking. You know, I drink a lot. I don't. I don't remember quite. But in, in my, to the best of my memory, um, I was about eight months into comedy, and I was very cocky and confident, unlike today, unlike how I am now. Nowadays. Right, where you're very humble. I'm so modest. Yeah. Um, those are my best qualities. Uh, my, my two best qualities is my big-ass dick and my modesty. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I was booked for a show at uh, the Blue Room. And at the time, I worked at a restaurant like about a block down the street, and they wouldn't let me off. They wouldn't give me the day off. So I'm panicking. They finally cut me. I get to leave, and I run a block down the street to the Blue Room. I think I'm up in five minutes, and uh, Steve Swim tells me. He's like, no, dude, you're, you're up in an hour. You know. So I walk back to work, and I grab a bottle of a, a, a handle of gin that I had in my locker. What brand? Um, it was a gift, so it was Bombay. Bombay gin. I still have the bottle at home. 
I mean, it's empty, obviously, but I have the bottle at home. Um, so then I, and it was the first time I'd only been doing it, uh, seven, eight months. And it was the first time some of my uh, other family had ever come to see me. So I think that kind of racked my nerves because I was telling people at the time, at the time I had not bombed yet, like seven, eight months in, which is rare. Like, and by the way, it's the last time I bombed and tonight two times, but, uh, my family's there, which kind of like made me nervous. So I sat in the green room and I drank half a handle of gin and I second guessed every one of my jokes. So by the time I got on stage, um, what I'm told, cause I don't remember, but what I'm told is that I repeated, I got 30 seconds into the same joke and I would start over six times. So I just kept doing the setup, the setup, the premise, the premise, you know, and people were probably like, this is either going to be brilliant or tragic. And spoiler alert, it was not brilliant. Uh, it took two people to pull me off stage. Somebody had to grab the mic. The other one had to like grab his arms around me and like pull me away. Um, so that night, uh, I walked home and I cried. I bawled as an adult male. I bawled, or an adult, you know, females, male, whatever. I bawled the whole way home. <laughs> I quit comedy. I'll never do comedy again. And I got home. My roommates were like, "What the fuck's going on?" And I was like, "I quit comedy. I'm gonna be an accountant." And I've never even taken an accounting class, but in my in my fucking depressed rage, I was like, "I'm gonna be an accountant." And uh, they call it the Jincident now. And I am still pursuing comedy, and I have not uh, registered for an accounting class. But that was my worst bomb. But I do feel like it was necessary. You have to bomb, um, and you're gonna. You know what I mean? It's gonna happen. Um, but like it was a, a memorable one. Like, we bomb all the time. You know, you have bad sets. But, I mean, yeah, there's a difference between a bad set and, like, actually bombing. Like, that was what you would consider, like, a memorable, like, soul-crushing it, bomb. Yeah. that was That's my most memorable bomb. Yeah. It, well, but, like you're saying, though, there's a difference between, like, I was, I'm hammered. Like, I was tonight, belligerent. you're not going to hold this against yourself forever. No. To be honest, I also have some memorable bombs that make me smile and laugh. Sure. Um, I've been doing this long enough um that bombs used to really affect me and i used to beat myself up but i've also gotten to the point sometimes you realize it's not you it is the room um i'll be on stage and i'm I'm shifting gears i'm trying whatever material i have and no matter what they hate you and i realize this on stage while i'm on stage you realize it in the moment and i will honestly laugh because i'm like fuck me yeah there's nothing you can do there's you realize you're like dude i can't i can't win for losing and it's kind of funny. Like, you accept it. You've bombed enough. You know that this just comes with the territory. And it genuinely makes me laugh while I'm on stage. Realizing you're bombing, you're like, I'm fucked, but I have to do my time. So then you just go for broke. Right. And they also say something I was told, but there's bombing, but also the last thing you want to hear is uh, if somebody's laughing, the only people laughing are from the back of the room. That's the other comedians. Yeah, that, that are getting joy from how they, bad you're doing. They see how much you're bombing, and they're they're not laughing at your jokes. They're laughing at they're, the realization. They're that not laughing with you. They're laughing, laughing at, at you. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and that is, you know, that's part of the game. You know what is hilarious though about recording this right now in uh, 
downtown city plaza right next to the 9-11 slash world war ii we're not sure what it is uh, it's a homeless encampment shelter uh right now what if that's but, all the but, homeless people that have died here, here it's in memoriam it's not <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they they would not erect a statue but what's funny about that is we are outnumbered here like we are actually the you weird really? yeah sit down here Hanging out. Yeah. Do you have a comedy show tonight? Oh, we have a little, uh, little uh, cameo. Yeah, I, I was doing a, a, a show at Bella's. We were doing a show right now what too. Your name, bro? Uh, my name is Dylan. Do you look so familiar? It's my boy ASAP. Oh, okay. TJ. Yes, sir. What up, ASAP? It's TJ Hudson. Hey, fucking, he knows fucking Kim and all them too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Also. Nice to meet you. Nice boots. Dylan. He was in charge of the, like, the beer booth for a while, fucking all the rodeos, and now he's been this little comedy skit everywhere around California. Why did it make it sound like, you know, I, just, I abandoned my whole... And we're back. Uh, we had a little interruption. TJ has a lot of friends in this town. Uh, friends, fans. Yeah, friends, fam. What up, everybody? Okay, what I was saying is, I think it's funny, out of all the homeless people and transients in this park right now, we're the outcasts. They're like the homeless people are looking at us right now, like what fucking weirdos are over there talking, recording shit. But also, you know, like speak quieter. They they can hear you calling. No, they're getting the closer too. Actually, I think they're they're setting up shop, dude. They're closing. They close oh too. My God, it's so funny though. <laughs> like, what if they do their own podcast, which is like air mics? They might be. I don't know. <laughs> they're, you know, they're like welcome. Yeah, they're just with air microphones and. Dude, this downtown has gotten fucking crazy. I don't know if you've seen, but they have, like, full-on... Right in front of us where we're sitting, there was a huge fire the other night. This person had a big cardboard fort built out. Like, a cardboard fort, four-year-old me could only dream of. I was going to say, was it a good fort? It was a good fort. They, had, had, like, they had, like, an rooms. upstairs balcony. Like a master and a regular. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, one and a half baths. Yeah. <laughs> the half bath. Yeah, exactly. That's just for shit. Just shitting. a toilet, yeah. Not for washing. No, no shower, no toilet. <laughs> yeah, uh... I I actually kind of love it, and it's also kind of disgusting at the same time. But I'm like, what, what do I care? It's Chico, man. Yeah. To be honest, this is like the fact that you and I are sitting here at midnight in the middle of a. I still don't know what to call it. Central Park Chico, though. Yeah. But in we're sitting out here at midnight, middle of it, and like recording a, a podcast on a bench. I know. It's a it's a thing. Okay, so uh, how long have you done comedy for? Um, this is 2021. We're in the month. To be honest, like uh, almost October. The we're at, number it's October at this point, right? The number. What's that? We are it's one it, minute away from one October. minute away from October. Happy first, brother. Happy first. Um, the number that pops up because I, I I could do the math, but I also I you know I drink a lot. Um, I want to say at this point, and I'm sure somebody will hear this and like correct me and yell at me, but I want seven or eight years, man. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, seven or eight years, and I still can't do the math on that. 21 minus 8 is 13, 2013. So there's, like, a special part, like, that I remember the first two years or so of doing comedy where it really felt like a fairy tale experience. Can I also have one of those? 100%. And, um... You want to tie off, or...? Yeah, I'd love to. We're going to share a needle. Uh, this guy's got us. He's standing behind the fort. Yeah, yeah, clean one. Sure. Dirty, whatever. But uh, it felt really special, like to do it like if like a, almost like a fucking never ever land like a peter pan experience but that now it's just like whatever it's almost a hassle sometimes you uh, know especially if you don't have anything new prepared or you're like ah, i don't even really care about this shit right now or you're tired or whatever but before it was like this is like oh, i gotta be there no matter fucking what like at what point do you think you lost that um if you I, ever had it i have a lot of thoughts on that um when did you start i remember when you started but again i'm bad at math 
2018. Because if I made a side story real quick, but I remember 18. Uh, I'd seen a couple of your sets when you were brand new. And I've, I, I try to always be supportive of, especially, you know, the newbies. I can, I know what it was like to be timid. No, I'm not calling you timid, but I mean, I know what it was like to, to be new and you got to like find, find your feet or your sea legs, whatever you want to call it. But I remember, uh, we were at the studio in and your mom came to see you, I believe for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a great that. room, but I, you know, I sat down with your mom and, um, not that you were like bombing. I just wanted to make you feel, you know what I mean? I, I understand that that's a, a special thing and, mm-hmm. and I know how proud parents can be as well. So sure. I sat at the front table with your mom and like laughed you know um but so i when i was new but the other thing the scene changes there's always uh hills and valleys and it was special um the way i remember starting was a ton of supportive um comedians in the scene right um and maybe i just got lucky you know i had uh don kyle bowen uh germ i had a lot of supportive um fucking uh Fucking leathers, man, that motherfucker. But uh, it was a very supportive at the time, and everybody, um, I, I, I was, uh, people uh, perceived me as, like, really uh, pretentious or fucking Cocky. arrogant. Huh? Cocky. Cocky. Sure, but that's just your MO. Yeah, my, it's, it's, I'm a nice guy, I swear to Christ, I really Yeah, we am. know you are, but. But, uh, like, it was my facade, off. yeah. Right. But everybody was super supportive, um. And then slowly, like, the scene naturally is going to, like, turn over. Mm-hmm. And you go through drama. We've dealt with, uh, but it became, I remember when I started that everybody, like, sat out back of the Maltese in a circle. And we're all just, like, spitting jokes, uh, smoking cigarettes. And at some point, uh, it's not the first time this has happened multiple times in my years. Like, it's just a turnover. But we'd go from being really tight, and then there would be a divide. Mm. You know, um, people start us competing. Yeah, us versus them. Oh, it's this side of the comedy click, this side of the comedy click. Yeah, I'm not going to their mic. Yeah, and but I was like, dude, it's 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 local comedy. It's local open mic comedy, and a high tide raises all ships. Um, but people found reasons to be bitter or. I honestly wish the scene would get back to that because that makes like a tighter scene as a whole. Even though people like hate each other, and that doesn't even mean the scene right now, or we're like, ah, we don't like this one person or whatever. Uh, it's not like it used to be when I started. It was because there, there was a tight comedy scene. Yeah, like when Dowdy was doing absolutely. When Dowdy. Dowdy was doing his mic. That that was when the studio was at its best. Yep, a hundred percent. And you know he ran it like a, high, a, a hard ass. And he'd be like, everybody meet me outside in fucking 15 minutes. You're I, going here. You're going there. You're going there. And, and, and it was, as a host, I would never do that because that's too much work. I don't want to fucking set the whole lineup. I mean, I should. Uh, no, that's set a good the point. But I, I'm just like, sign up in order. That's how it is now. We're yeah. just in order, whatever. Fucking who See, cares? See, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about this in a long time. But the way you're explaining it, yeah, so... Um, because uh, even before Dowdy, like Jason was doing the mic, right? Alan but, or Murray? Uh, Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. But he would he would call us out to the back, whoever signed up, mm-hmm. and he but he would sit down 15 minutes before the show after everybody signed up. He would cut off sign up time. Yeah. And he would look at the list, and then him knowing or having a feeling for the comics, he would fill out the show himself. Mm-hmm. You know, do a bringer. And then like some new some newbies, mm-hmm. another bringer. So you keep a flow going. The show. It's a better way to do it. 
And but, I, I might need to do that myself with the way the way it's going. Well, it's and like tonight, I haven't thought about this all the time because he would order it. He would look at the list who signed up, and he would fill it out and not being like judgmental or biased. But Wait, he would he would do well. He would fill it out the best way the show was going to go. Like we don't know about these two newbies how they're going to do. So we're going to do a sure. bring them before them, sandwich them between someone who he thought was actually going to do a good job. Yeah. And now uh, I've seen you know when we have the sign out list printed out. But nobody will sign spot one. But like, mm. like two people have signed up, and one person signed up for seven. Yeah, it'll be somebody like signed one up for sixteen, and it starts at ten. Yeah, you're first, and you're like, what the fuck? I, I signed, signed up, up for ten. Yeah, it's like yeah, motherfucker. Like two people signed. Like, and like, yeah. Also, that's just we're just numbering the lines that you can sign up. That you're not signing up for a spot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it was it was a very supportive. Uh, you know, Don Ashby. It was a very supportive uh, group back then, encouraging group. And then, like I said, I've gone through this two or three times, just the waves. Mm-hmm. But it's like, guys, we're all here. We're, we're all in Chico doing an open mic. Like, let's not get bigger heads than let, – let's not make this out to be bigger than it is. Like, like everybody stop fighting. It's open mic. I think now now a lot of the people that are were regulars, like Germ and Annie and Sid doesn't come out anymore. Don will come out occasionally, not every time. But uh, you – come out very few and far between at these point at these days right now uh and I, it's just there there's so many it's not when you guys come out that's we're like oh shit these guys are here so that really helps the mic instead we have like a, like five or six newbies who are like really not ready yeah like at all to, to be booked on a show i'm with are the ones that are filling up the the lineup so it's it kind of i completely and i agree with you and um, it's, not it's, pat myself on the back, but it's like I understand what you're saying. Like when Don or Jeremy or I come out, and but that was the thing when I started is is that all those bringers were there, mm-hmm. and we all it was it was a it was a healthy or a therapeutic um, atmosphere. Everybody would, and not like trying to like give unsolicited advice or write, but we would all tag each other's jokes. Right, like, that was a good joke. Yeah. What well, What about this? And now it just and I hate it, and I don't know how we necessarily fix it, but. Other than just being kind of supportive and 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 let's just like wipe the site clean, but like especially newbies, we need that. Everybody needs to feel comfortable in this scene, and it just feels. I'm not bitching, or I don't mean to, but like uh, it feels divided. I think there's a lot of opportunities now, and people are. It's easy to become complacent, whereas like I I myself am complacent in the own, in my own like this scene, so I like I don't feel like as motivated to write new bits but i do because i'm trying to do festivals and trying to do other shit and trying to get a new clip and like get booked on other stuff and that's something that i want to like like some of the knowledge that i've gotten from trying to go travel and do other places that i want to show everybody else and encourage everybody else to do uh it's that's that's now the motivation like hey we need to like get out of chico Whereas before it was like we're trying to be the best of Chico. No, no, I I understand. And so no, and now it's like being the best of Chico doesn't matter at all. So like the most important thing. Well, would it take the only thing I have to hang my hat on? But yeah, well, pl- yeah, yeah, best of Chico, which they don't even offer that for comedians anymore. Fucking douchebags. Yeah. Fucking CNR needs to shape up and get bring back the best of Chico. Well, it got repetitive. Like I you can know, only I'm win the, so many hoops in a row. I won the best of the worst of Chico that they uh. Uh, Upgraded Living is another magazine that uh, does a monthly thing. They're like the the CNR only goes monthly now, but the the uh, Upgraded Living did the worst of Chico. So Bella's was the worst comedy show to not see. 
How? Wait, wait, wait. When it was like I, the worst show to not see. How double, recent was this? Double negative. It was this month. And wait, 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 wait. And you got like the Bella's open mic got the worst. It was the it was the the worst comedy show to not see. Wow. So like the worst one to miss. You get it? Oh, double negative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it was the worst <laughs> comedy to, to see, it would have been something Mitch was doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. I did a couple of those shows. I know. <laughs> I, I, I tried my best. Yeah, you know, that's that's more than you should do. I, I... What's, uh, what's your history with doing shows with Mitch? Uh... Off the top of my head, uh, it was just the LaSalle show recently. Well, you've done the, uh, the Whitewater Saloon shows, right? Yeah, a long time ago. That was the... Up in, uh, Orville? Uh, Paradise. Paradise, yeah. Yeah, that bar burned down. Which was probably a favor to that bar. Well, I burned it down the night I did a show there. Yeah, that, it would burn down several times. Figuratively, you know, four know, shows or something. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. That's I mean, that's another thing is uh, there's just so many characters, uh, uh, egos, and personalities in this scene. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, high tides used to raise, or you know, high tide does raise all ships. And but uh, it gets very convoluted. It gets very. Uh, you know what's the word? Fucking just like oversaturated. Oversaturated. It's just and too much. It, it well and like uh, again, I think the main thing is like everybody just get back to the roots. We're here to be funny. We're here to put on a show. We do comedy because we enjoy doing it. It makes us happy. We like making other people happy. And then everybody started competing, and you know I got offered a contract, an exclusive contract, where I could only uh, perform at said. You know, uh, one one uh, one person's shows yeah, locally. Well, well, that's a great offer. What did you have to say to that? Because uh, this is obviously comes with a lot of benefits and a lot of money. Well, like, so I asked, an exclusive I asked, contract. I asked for the terms. I said, you know, what are the terms of this contract? And it was like, well, you can only do uh, my shows uh, locally. And what do you get in return? That well, that was my next question. Um, and they said, what do you want? Which is. First of all, terrible contract negotiation. I was like, you got to approach me with an offer. But they get, they left the door open. They said, what do you want? And I said, $100,000. Which is reasonable. Right, exactly. It like, seems like a, you're lowballing yourself. Why wouldn't I, but why would I like uh, avoid, if somebody else in town was trying to book me for a show, why would I avoid that opportunity? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, well, I'm under contract. Yeah, you're and not. To be honest, I, want, I thought about signing the contract because immediately I was like, how can I breach this? As soon as possible, yeah, and it would have been easy because with all the offers. later. <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Mitch is doing his thing, and uh, you know, good luck to him. Fucking hundred percent, man. Like just good luck. Well, this to uh, I'm not like you know back in my day, but I, I mean, I've been in the scene for a long time now, and I was the new guy back then. You know what I mean? Like I kind of uh, inherited this or came into it. And from where when when I started uh, seven or eight years ago, to see how this has evolved and it, it's it makes me really proud. Like we would have one or two showcase shows a year back then. Yeah. And now we have, I mean, mics all over town, um, several times a week, um, showcase shows, uh, theater shows, um, which I, I, I've seen how much the scene has grown, which makes me really proud and happy, but. I think um, there's also we've we've lost some of the intimacy uh, amongst ourselves in that process. 
I think a lot of the people that have done comedy the, a long time kind of have lost their enthusiasm to do it, which we all, which I have in a way. But I'm also more motivated to to turn it into the career that I want it to be because I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not just excited about doing all these shows. Like, I'm not somebody. I've had somebody hit me up recently. They're like, do you want to do my showcase? It's in San Francisco. We're doing it on the sidewalk. It pays five dollars plus tips. Do you want to do seven minutes? And I was like. And I wanted to. I was like, yeah, I wanted like lock that. I want to put that on my calendar and like have the flyer with my face on it. But also like, no, like I can't fucking put, I can't take the, I can't ask my fucking work. Can I get the day off and like, like put them in a position where to I'm going to call in. To spend $60 on gas and drive to Frisco for seven minutes. Yeah. It, to, to step in human shit. No, I, I'm with you. On the and, way there. Yeah. And the way back. And on stage. You're like, is there human shit on stage? Like, They're like, yeah, I mean, that's the, this is the, the sidewalk we're doing it on. No, I'm, and, well, and, I mean, but that's also just to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I could afford it and I did have the day off. You would do it. Why not go to San Francisco and get hammered? And, sure. Absolutely. Because you rub elbows, you network. You do. But at the same time, you do have to, like, decide, is this show worth it? Is this show worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on, like, your fucking... A lot point. of people have decided that nothing's worth it. Yeah, which is you know, like, but, let's but name, at let's the end of the day, names. it's all worth it. Like if this is what we want to do, who's not coming out anymore? Sydney not coming out anymore, but she will again. But she's like dealing with her own demons and stuff. Everybody, everybody is you know experiencing. But uh, like Jason Murray, not coming out anymore, like at all. And I don't know if he comes back. I don't know the man very well. Um, I never really got along with him when we did his mic when he did his mic at the time. I didn't really agree with some of the ways he did it, uh, and he never was really catering to me. Like, I had been cut off. Like you said earlier, when you're like, he did his mic, he would do, he'd just cut off her at 9 or whatever. Yeah. And I, I would show up at, like, 9.30 and be like, can I get on? And he's like, no. Yeah. Well, and I'm, you know, uh, just my opinion. Like, I love Murray, and he was a dick to me plenty of times. Yeah. But probably rightfully so. I was I was cocky and naive back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody's going to do their own way, but he had structure, like, because there was plenty of times where I got off work late or I just was lazy and I got there late mm-hmm. expecting it on. He was like, no, man, you got to be. But there was structure in the in the scene back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have, not that we don't have structure, but it was a different type of structure. There's back then no we had two mics. Though. There's no structure. Well, I mean, not when it comes to the show itself, but I think there's, there's structure that people are promoting and putting on specific shows and showcase shows. Mm-hmm. But um, back then we only had two open mics a week. And, and like I said, two showcases a year. Um, now we got, and we're lucky to, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I think there's a lot of talented people, but now we have a ton of open mics um, and a ton of uh, showcase shows and then people that want to hop on, but there's no, unfortunately, and I, I do say this with like a fucking heavy heart, but there's no camaraderie. There's not as much camaraderie as there used to be amongst the comedians themselves. Well, there might be, but we might just be missing out on it. Like, there might be, like, the lower level, like, the new, I don't want to say lower level, but the new open micers might be, like, really good friends with each other. And yeah. they're, like, tight and shit like that. Well, but, I mean, and, uh, and not, not like, I'm not, again, not, like, fucking building ourselves up, but they probably look up to us. They see us crush, and they want to do that. Well, like, we, with- you know, we should, like, because I remember a lot of dudes uh, reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Phil from Chico was the first dude, the first night I ever did comedy, uh, Germ gave me the light, and I didn't know what it was. I asked him for no flash photography, please. Oh, that's the worst and then, thing to ever say. Dude, I, I wasn't even They should have cut your mic at that point. They did, and then I, I went acapella. True story. <laughs> I, just started, I just started projecting. But Phil was the only dude that came up to me after, after the uh, fact, and I didn't know who he's he was like, at the hey, time. Hey, buddy. Uh, and he's, no, but he said, keep doing this. 
But, you know, after a while, everybody, like, supported me. All the veterans mm-hmm. supported me and gave me advice. And I feel like there's just, unfortunately, just a disconnect yeah. right now. Because, like I said, at, at the Maltese, we'd, everybody would sit out back in the, in, the, in the circle and smoke and bullshit. And right now, I, I feel like nobody necessarily well, like, hangs out. They don't. And there's, there is new veterans in a way. Like I don't want to sit here and tell you that like, I'm a veteran, but I'm gonna. I'm no, yeah. At this point, at like, this point, like I run all the shows in town. Like I don't know how other people perceive me, perceive me, but uh, I do most of the stuff that happens that uh, that the comics do in this town, and I don't really see myself like that at all. Uh, so, but I know people have cer- feel cer- certain types of about certain types of way about me like when I was doing the lab I had all these Sacramento people coming out and now all those Sacramento people that were coming out to my mic all the time are like Dylan's a dick because I would get into it with these comics sometimes yeah and I'd be like dude you fucking walked like four people from the show you fucking idiot and they're and I would be drunk telling people that and then it would come off like I'm a fucking gatekeeper and I'm an asshole when really I was just trying to look out for my show and the the but like at that point like right now it's hard to get comics to come out we had like 12 comics come out or so but then it was like there would be hella comics coming out there'd be like 20 comics coming out and one would just walk everybody and you're yeah. like man the audience members are more important than you no 100% and just in my opinion like it, it it's worth it just to bite your tongue it is. You don't got to tell somebody that they no, walk the room. They know that, because, but... Well, they don't, uh, but new comics will figure out on their own terms, but telling people that you, like, that you fucked up or you're wrong or whatever, yeah. it doesn't necessarily... Just letting people experience it for themselves and figure out, like, uh, oh... Take their lumps. Um, oh, this is what I did wrong here, in my, and just finding out for yourself yep. is more beneficial than going at them and be like, you did wrong here, there, and the other place, yeah. well, they're because they're going to get defensive. Of ref- exactly. Instead of reflecting on their own set that night, all they're going to focus on is like, oh, this guy was talking shit. Like, tonight, a lot of people, there was at least six or seven or eight or nine people that brought notes on stage and, like, it, like relied on those notes. So these are people that are... They're tripping about their shit before they go up, which yeah. I do too. But these are people that are not used to bombing. They're not used to doing well. They're not used to anything. They're new to comedy. And they're tripping on their notes. They're stressing about all this other shit. And then here I am to step in and be like, you fucking do this you here. my show, yeah. Yeah, and they're, that's when they're going to be like, get hostile and be like, yeah, don't talk to me like that. Well, well, yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, comedy or not. Especially if I'm feeling down and some, some, some asshole walks up and tells me how bad I was. I already know. But to your point, like, uh, you know, how people perceive you, first of all, we're community, who gives a fuck? But when I was brand new, um, I, I have a certain, I, I, have, I have an idea of the way, I, at least I think I'm perceived, but I could also be manifesting that myself. But yeah. when I was brand new, I would sit in the corner uh, at my own table and, and write my notes down. And yeah. I'm new. I'm intimidated. I was hoping comics would come up and say hello to me. Little did I know, they're all, they see me sitting in the corner by myself. And they're like, uh, look at TJ. He's so fucking full of himself. He thinks he's better than everybody he's sitting over there by himself. And really, I just wanted them to come say hello. Yeah. I was intimidated, but they're like, ah, look at him. He thinks he's fucking better than us. Yeah. And, I, you know, it turns out I was. But <laughs> that one's for all of you fuckers. See, I, what I do now is I sit in the corner by myself and I try to stay away from everybody. And then people come up to me and they're like, "Wait, wait, you tell you know, nobody, nobody's sitting over here." I'm like, "No, I'm trying to stay away the, away from you fucking people. Like, I wanna, I wanna just be by myself and then go on stage and do my thing and then leave." Well, that's the other thing. Like, I, 
I want to be by myself before any show, open mic or a showcase. I want to be by myself because I'm I'm trying to focus. I've had my experiences where I've gotten way too. I don't. I will never smoke before a show. I've gotten way too high on a stage. I've gotten way too drunk on a stage. And before I get on stage, because I still do care about it, like it's I love doing comedy, but I've I've learned my lessons, how much I can drink, or you know what I can do, and it's like, hey man, like I will party with you after the show. Mm-hmm. Right now, I just want to get on stage, do my time, feel decent about it. Then let's fucking kick it, and I'll and I'll I'll fucking spill my guts. We'll talk all fucking night. But like right now, hey, good to see you. Let's just chill. leave me the yeah. Let's just chill, and let me let me fucking think about my set. All right, man. So, uh, what is the best you've ever done? Like, not necessarily the best you've ever done, but what's like the you walked away from a show and you're like, this was the best comedy experience I've ever had. My best comedy experience. Um, first of all, there's it's cathartic. It, just any joke landing, especially when you're new. But when a joke lands and yeah. you get that kind of validation. But one of my craziest experiences would probably be the El Rey Theater here in town. Mm-hmm. Just because it's such a cool venue. Which show? Um, working, getting to open for Jay Larson was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Great show. Uh, and I love Jay Larson. Um, and my buddy was backstage. I was gushing about Jay Larson before he was there. And my buddy told him, after I went on stage, he was like, dude, TJ will never tell you this, but you're one of his top three. This guy loves you. And then Jay, little did I know, Jay uh, filmed me um, from behind the curtain while I'm on stage and put it on Instagram. And he said, uh, watching TJ Hudson bomb on stage and Chico and put it on his story. <laughs> and... As I got off stage, because first of all, the El Rey, that was one of my, that's one of my first theater shows. The best show, the best place in town to perform. Unreal, dude. Like, when you walk out there, it really hits you. Like, when you do, like, a 50-person show or 100-people show, I walked out there, and there's 600 people, and you can't even see the back of the bleed, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's surreal. And they're there to see comedy. They're, like, they're invested. They're, they paid for parking. They're giving you the benefit of the doubt. 50, they, for $25 tickets. There's no hecklers. They want the beers cost you to do good. $25. They want to laugh at you. Yeah. Um... So six hundred people is surreal, but then I'm and and I in my I don't I'm not but I felt like I crushed. I was proud of myself. Like it sure. felt rewarding. And as I'm walking off stage, I didn't know Jay Larson had put me on uh, his Instagram. And I go into the green room, and he's laying on the couch pretending to sleep. And as I walk down the stairs, he like wakes up, and he was like, "Oh, you already done? It was so quiet out there." <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks, <laughs> man." And then so Hilarious. I sit on the couch, and I didn't realize he's recording me again. But he's like, "Do you see? Uh, he's like, Do you see what I put on Instagram about you?'" So as he's recording me, I opened his Instagram, and I was super excited. I was like, "Watching TJ bomb," <laughs> and he was like, "You bomb," and I was like, well, "According <laughs> to Jay Larson." <laughs> and then uh, he signed my he signed my poster. You know, I was like a fanboy. I asked him to mm-hmm. sign it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Keep doing another six years, maybe you'll get there. Mm. Just passive aggressive, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, fuck you, Jay. You're the best." Yeah, I, I've talked to all the uh, I, like I always like peruse and snoop the uh, the late night after the uh, L Ray shows, and all the headliners have been super nice and talked to me and all this shit. Like fucking um, Adam Ray was super nice. Uh. Uh, Andrew um, Schultz was super nice. Andrew Schultz's opener. Uh, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but it's the guy that runs all the socials and all the other shit and tours all over with him. Super nice. Fucking gave me a lot of knowledge. 
The, uh, the El Rey doing comedy shows is such a good thing for our comedy scene. A hundred percent. And they get, dude, like Matt Bronger. Um, yeah, Bronger was so nice. Hilarious. Uh, Alex Falcone, who was the feature, was super nice. Yeah. He dropped a lot of knowledge. And, and uh, Trevor, Trevor Wallace. Trevor Wallace. Uh, Nick Coletti. Um, but there was one comedian. I'm not going to name names. Um, pick out all those names that we just said. But I, I was hosting one of those shows. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one, I'm sure you know. I'm sure they were nice, but I it rubbed me the wrong. One of them showed up. They were like 45 minutes late to the show. Yeah. So at this point, I'm hosting. I'm just stretching on stage. Like they like, weren't. He's even, not here yet. So can, yeah. Um, can you do your retarded so people? He, bit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like retarded. If you have to. Um, <laughs> and so he wasn't even in the green room with us. And when he finally showed up, I'm on stage, and he shows up from the other side of the stage. So then I just kind of like uh, introduce him, bring him on. And then I remember after the show, as the show, he just said thank you to everybody, and everybody's like leaving. I ran him on stage, and I was like, "Hey man, thanks again for doing this." And he was like, "Yeah, thanks for coming out." And I was like, "I was the host, motherfucker." Like, yeah, I'm not. A, but then uh, he decided to come out and drink with us afterwards. Mm-hmm. And all he was trying to do was bang my buddy's sister. <laughs> like he had no interest <laughs> in hanging out with us at all. He was just trying to bang my buddy's sister. Was well, she hot? Yeah, gorgeous. Oh, well, 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 um, you know, did he let her? She didn't let him. You're like, this is a headliner. Well, and he was being a dick, though. He was a dick uh. to the bartenders. And so my buddy at the Banshee was bartending. Mm. And I said, hey, man, let me close out my tab. And he was like, yeah, well, uh, I almost said his name. But he was like, yeah, Homeboy has an open tab. Yeah. Like, And I was like, cool, put it on his shit. <laughs> I, I walked out on a $60 tab, and he just threw it on this other cocky comedian's tab. Yeah, good. I agree. Good. Hey, I wish you could cover our tab tonight. Yeah, can we still put it on his tab? Yeah. Their tab. I did. I I put the I put the little receipt paper over the credit card and with a pencil. Like I I still have his credit card number. <laughs> oh my god! I bet it's I uh, got a fucking massive credit limit. Um, like, so like with doing stand up, where do you see yourself in the future? Um, to be honest, at the moment I'm just waiting on Netflix callback. They're busy. I get it, but they'll yeah, get back to me. Yeah. Um, well, you're, they're waiting for you to open your own account. They're like, open. Good, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's funny. They're like, funny. how dare you ask us for a Netflix special? And you're special. still like booching off your mom's account. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the premium one. Yeah, you don't even watch. Um, you watch Stranger oh. Things. You gave it a thumbs down. I don't know where I'm like. Uh, I think it's one thing to have ambition and goals, which mm-hmm. I do, but uh, I can't sit here and say that like I envision myself selling out Madison Square Garden. I would love to, but right now I really just enjoy it. Um, you go through your ups and downs throughout the years. Uh, if this is, and you know, if I end up in some other career wherever I live in the world, uh, I still can't picture myself not going to open mics or shows because I enjoy it. So right now, I'm I'm just I want to be diligent and and ambitious and and get my shows, book my shows. I need to learn how to like promote myself more. But at the same time, I I do try to remind myself after bad sets or. That just, dude, you do this because you love it, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to take off. I want to be successful. But at the same time, a lot of times it's just therapy. You know, I like getting up there and the com- you know, the camaraderie or like there. But, you know, sure. just. That's, that's where I come it's from. It's cathartic. I, like, I loved playing baseball. I love being part of a team, and, you know, that ends, and then you have to find something new. And I always wanted to do stand-up, so this kind of filled a role in a way. Like, what are the comedians that, like, that inspired you? Like, what's the first stand-up that you ever saw? Um, one of the one of the two of the first stand-ups I ever saw 
like on VHS or whatever, was uh, Eddie Murphy, mm -hmm. Raw and Delirious. But one of the first uh, people give me shit for this too, and I and I completely disagree with them. But one of the, my mom bought me a I'm old, so she bought me a disc band for uh, Christmas one time. I'm dating myself, but she bought me a disc band, but no CDs. So I went to her room and I was just digging through her CDs. I'm not even looking for anything in particular. You're careful when you dig through mom's room. I found, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of dildos now too. But <laughs> no, I found a, a Jeff Foxworthy CD. Sure. Not even knowing what it is, but I listened to it, and just stupid inspiring. Yeah. I had a uh, one of Adam Sandler's first CDs. Well, especially when you're young and your your brain is a sponge. Impressionable and and Foxworthy like. He's a clean comic. Mm -hmm. He's always a hick and hillbilly, yada, yada. But he's clean. And that's what's most impressive. Being a clean comic, I think, is super impressive and hard to do. If you can make Pop-Tarts funny, you know, any you can you can say fucking butthole and shit and fuck, and you're going to get a reaction. Those are snap words. Mm -hmm. But when you can do an hour of clean comedy and it's enjoyable. When and it's it, actually good. It, when it's actually good. People will say, and at least in our scene, they'll be like, I did clean comedy. It's like, it, it, did, were they actually laughing? Would yeah, you, you got up there You got up there and did like a clean uh, would people, speech. Would people watch that and be like, I want to see that person live? Yeah. Well, there's a difference between getting up there and talking without cussing and then doing clean comedy. Sure. If you're funny. Like, and for example, Don Ashby, who I love, uh, Don will no not swear usually, and he, he'll be, like, clean for the most part if we were to, like, play the just the uh, the words back. But, like, he's just inherently kind of a dirty comic. Just with the... The implication, yeah, yeah. Just the... He's like, apples! Well, he, he talks about um, dark yeah. subject matter. He does talk and about And he can do it without cussing. But he, it also plays into the tone that he delivers. 100%. I love Don. I Not love so Don, funny. too. And, uh, and he's... He, honestly, I swear to God, he's a phenomenal comic, but... But he's an inherently unclean comic. Yeah. Just by the dark. style he does. Yeah. It's inherently dark, which, which and is... And some of his best sets I love watching... And I like. I mean, I want really, him to some do of the great. worst sets. Is what I love watching. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I get it, I see what he's doing. He's yeah. being dark, and it's a great joke. But like, he's putting the entire room on the edge of their seats. They're mm -hmm. like, they 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 feel awkward laughing, and I'm like, that's even fucking funnier. Right. Um, but I don't know if you remember Trip Hazard. No, I don't. Trip. Oh, I I know Trip Hazard, but I, don't, I I I've seen him a couple times. Trip was phenomenal, dude. Like. Uh, would he always carry the mug on stage with him? Yeah, but he had his set list. Yeah, I know. On the inside of his I mug. Know. I know. I when I, first time I saw him, I, I saw his, him and his mug on stage, and I was like, "That motherfucker has his notes in there, doesn't he?" Yeah, but well, that was because I'm looking for inside baseball shit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, well, that was kind of one of the more impressive things, though, is like I can fill, like let's just let's just say I can fill 15 minutes with my long-winded stories. Mm. But if you're trying to do 15 minutes of one-liners, mm. it takes a lot of one-liners. Mm -hmm. To do 15 minutes. Sure, because each one-liner is like two minutes tops. Bada-bing, bada-boom. If it, if he's able to tag it and it's yeah. getting laughs the whole time. But, no. And to be honest, Trip has a funny story. Like, it took me like four years to realize that his name was like a stage name and a pun. <laughs> I was like, Trip, that's a cool name. Hazard's a cool last name. I never put together, oh, Trip. Ha it's a Trip Hazard. Yeah. I mean, it could be like a name, I guess, but no. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah. I just thought it was cool. Then I felt so stupid five years later, like realizing alone in my room at 3 a.m. I was like, oh, his name's probably not really Trip. Have you performed at any comedy clubs? Uh, a comedy spot in SAC. What's the other one? Laugh Factory? I did uh, Touch of Class, but that's kind of a bar, right? Yeah, it's a bar slash wing stop slash black social yeah. emporium. Um. 
Off the top of my head, I know I have, but off the top, I can't. I couldn't tell you which ones. Well, in the future, man, uh, we gotta get you submitting your shit to Laughs Unlimited. They do their pro am. They're looking for people. They're looking for you. I they want you. Man. I'm with you. And uh, and other stuff amongst that. And you're doing your show at LaSalle's right now. Every month is what it's looking at. Yeah. Bi-monthly or, yeah. It's, yeah. It, you might as well just do it monthly, man. You're only running one show. There's no reason you can't handle it. I, I, it's a great room. They, the LaSalle's has 10,000 people that follow their Facebook. They have however many that follow their Instagram. Like, there's no reason you can't sell 100 tickets. I'm with you. And I appreciate that. So I, I'm excited for you and, and for the future because I think that uh, it's only upward and onward from here. My man. And vice versa, man. I, I'm, I, honestly, I, I, I admire you. you. You put your nose to the ground, dude. You're fucking... You never, you never would have thought that, like, uh, when I started, when the first time you saw me, you'd be like, is Dylan going to be the to guy be honest, that is in charge? No, to be honest, I'm, like, I'm not even trying to uh, take anything away from you. But no, I, I didn't. And But that's what makes me all the more proud. Like, I was there when you fucking started. I saw you from zero to 100. You know what I mean? And I, I think you're a badass, dude. Uh, you fucking grind, man. You hustle. And, and you get out there and do the work, which is very impressive. Um, so I do appreciate you, man. And I'm proud of you. Appreciate it, man. Got to make your make your own realities. Yep. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, TJ. Any last words? Uh, honest, thanks for having me, man. Um, everybody out there, like, have a drink and drive home. Thanks for listening. And from the words of TJ Hudson, uh, go fuck yourselves. Go fuck yourselves.